Dad Bod Rap Pod. When we began this podcast way back in 2017, we had a blood oath for this gang that we would never roll rat or snitch. <laughs> um, and pretty much we've, we've stuck to that. Um, and I, I'm proud of us for that. But, you know, it's a different day and age. And, and now rappers are full-fledged snitching on the stand. Um, and, of course, I'm, we're talking about Takashi 69 Hello, my name is Damone Carter, a.k.a. Dim1. Uh, I don't sing, I don't roll, I don't rat. Uh, I am here <laughs> with uh, Superfly Dave Ma. How's it going? Going well, guys. Uh, really good to be here once again. Uh, yeah. NTTG Studios Man, in San Jose. That's right. We're in here in the uh, Needle to the Grooves back room amidst the vinyl with the plaid clad uh, Mr. Nate LeBlanc. How's it going? Good. Uh, pretty much always plaid clad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know... I think this case is fascinating, and I want to get into it, and our guest is the expert yeah, on it, so right. we got we got lucky to talk to our buddy Sean Sotero about it, but um, I think this is bad for hip-hop, and okay. we're going to get into why sure, in okay. a minute, but okay. like, he's bad for hip-hop. We have always like not his music doesn't speak to me right Takashi's right. music doesn't I don't think right. it's good in any way um apparently there's a lot of energy to it and I remember when a friend of the program Cutso was on it was one of the days when we were still recording at the house and he was like I'll play that song stupid right he's like I know it's I know it's bad but like right. you should see how it gets it the gets crowd so going. hype mm-hmm. right. and um then there was the time where Nicki Minaj did a track right right it was yeah. that Fefe yeah. Fifi yeah yeah um terrible look. he was like infiltrating right like, yeah. he like got so big so fast and i think we should spend some time talking about like is he just a the exponent of what happens with social media right is right. it like just like yeah sensationalism but like it's like sort of intersectionality sort of cut you off you know, no, with also good. just fucking hyper trolling he's like the king of troll totally yeah. it's yeah. You know? and that isn't that what the internet right does? it's totally. like it's the totally. the he he does it opposite it's like he uses his immense public platform to troll where like the right. classic internet troll is like is an anonymous, anonymous right. person right on the right. other end of a Reddit well post i i think i think he's he's the evolutionary uh and and they were really tight for a minute the evolutionary 50 cent so 50 Cent, mm. actually, before trolling, trolling was a thing, his How to Rob a Rapper record was mm-hmm. essentially him coming in the game making fun of people. Gun right? blazing. Yeah, right? Yeah. And so, and he also had this real-life story of being shot that kind of propelled him um, into the spirit. So there's, like, a lot of similarities there, except, you know, uh, 50 Cent is not connected to any type of, you know, sex with teenagers or anything right. like that. You know what I mean? It's, 50 it's Cent can rap, though. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. A you little, can make arguments. This yeah. is a little different, and like he, uh, you guys, I've probably said this ten times on here. He has this gift for the sing songy flow, sure, with sure. the thuggy lyrics. And right, I don't know if that right. was something he learned or was taught or like just innately had. But like, I, and like, I literally have not listened listened to any of Takashi's music. Like, he just yells nonsense, right, right at a right. very high energy level, <laughs> and that's essentially it, right? No, totally, totally. But I mean, the the audience, you know, sort of back to Paulo's story. Um, dude, people don't care if fucking Takashi could rap or not. You know, that's that was a thing. it. Was never that's about a that. Thing, yeah, you know? it was never. It was never about that. It's not a he, skill set. And he definitely brought through like a, a look and an aesthetic and this whole idea of like how do you come off as edgy in a genre where where people talk about cooking crack, 
all the time. Mm-hmm. And he, he accomplished that through being this almost kind of like really X-rated cartoon character. Right. It is very t- cartoonish. Right. I remember yeah, but his, like a freaky his, uh, cartoon. Right. Circus-like. His, that's such an interesting take on it. Like he made himself out to be totally. Like he made himself the, the surface freak. Yeah. The, like the circus freak where it's like. Come and see the tattooed face. Exactly. Boy. Come, Come and, and see, see the, the rainbow haired boy. Right. Come and see right. the like right. the guy who doesn't give a fuck. Right. And right. like right. that 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 ethos is an incredibly important part of hip hop from the beginning yep. to like probably Tupac is probably the most emblematic of not uh, giving a fuck. Of not yeah, giving a fuck. Yeah. Like uh, it, like uh, it's I think it's apocryphal. It's never really truly been proven. But this is hip hop urban legend that his last words were like "fuck you" to a cop yes. who was trying to help save right, him. Right, like, I right. I read that story. Could, could anything be more hip hop? Totally, that? totally. Right. Or know? more Tupac. Or more you know? Tupac. Right. Or more kind of like just legendary in like right. the street sense of the term. Totally. Like, that's that's the real and, guy. And, and right. it's interesting that. Takashi is not leaning on the tried and true kind of street aesthetics, which number one is you don't talk to the fucking police. Like right. you just off top. You don't you don't talk to the police, you don't participate, or if you do, you better not let anybody know about it. I think his his craven desire for attention, which you kind of brought up in the in the Shots of Terror interview, and like his just he'll do anything. Like when I was like, oh, he's just on the stand, just snitching on all the, the gang members he was supposed to be rolling with right you're in a new it's a new era it's a new space that he's in i can't think of a corollary totally to what totally, the fuck he's doing right totally. now it's and so, so modern it's so modern it is very modern. you know it's very it's modern. soaked in modernism yeah well um, l- let me just posit this and again i don't know a lot of facts about this case i have followed the blog posts pretty eagerly i, I am fascinated by it but i don't really know anything isn't the thing like he's not really of the streets it's right. like, isn't don't right. don't you need to be from certain places and be steeped in a certain ethos well, for your entire it's, life it's, before it's, you like take those as like you should truisms? You mm-hmm. should, you should, and rappers have definitely faked that. There's, you know, there's, I there's mean, there's an industry of that. Yeah, absolutely, right, sure. absolutely. I mean, Biggie went to private Catholic school. You know what I mean? Like, sure, there's sure. there's a long history of 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 folks kind of. Maybe putting that on, or maybe accentuating. There was mm-hmm. a lot of talk mm-hmm. about how Tupac went to performing arts. I right, exactly, right. exactly. Right. So, so for him to to do both really is to say, uh, despite his upbringing and this idea that he was never really a gangster, to go all the way and be like, "Nope, I'm with a notorious blood set." I know. And now we're doing like acts of violence against my enemies. Like mm-hmm. he. I think you said it best. He faked like he was a rapper, and then he faked like he was a gang member, and for a period of time was kind of doing well in both right, right. arenas. Um, he's got an orange jumpsuit on now, so right. I, you can you can say maybe he's not doing well. But I I ended up at the end of the Satero interview. I go, yeah, he's coming back. He's gonna be on Instagram. Oh, dude, I, I yeah. bet his next song is gonna be nuts. Yeah, I'm sure, people are gonna be all over it. Yeah, unfortunately, just because of the to your point alone. about kind of being bad for hip-hop in a way because on one level it demonstrates that um you can i don't know i'm sorry i'm not trying to make myself to be make out like funk uh, dude yeah right. pretty much totally pretty totally. much it, it works it. right and then it's all tangentially um tied into hip-hop now you know it's like world star it's like that has nothing to do with fucking hip-hop like this right. fight video right right people think that you know 
Yeah, um, it's going to get lumped together. Two interesting kind of like meme things happened that uh, kind of one that relates back to our world and one that doesn't, but I just find really funny. One is that a bunch of people were putting up that image that has become like a famous meme now of him in the gray pinstripe suit. Hilarious. Like yeah. obviously explaining something to the judge or yeah, the, yeah, the lawyer yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And then just um, referencing the MF Doom, Mr. Fantastic song, <laughs> right. Rap Snitches. <laughs> right. Basically, right. MF Doom told the entire exactly. Takashi 6 9 story. Right. In ten years prior, a beautiful yeah. like a, a great underground rap song already, right. and it's just cool to see that song get a totally. little run and to like re-enter the consciousness a little bit. Yep. And then the second one was when it turned out to be a false report, but like they were saying that he named Cardi B as Nine Trey, and then there's that image of her wearing red bandana from head to toe. Right. She has like a red <laughs> right. bandana, red right. bandana <laughs> like bra, red bandana skirt, red bandana boots, and it's just like, well. What am I going to say to that? Yeah, yeah. it's like, well, you make a compelling argument. Right, (laughs) right. So that was super funny, I thought. Well, dude, Nikki needs a new management team, dude. She makes terrible decisions. Oh, yeah. And I think I'm associated with him at the height of his career. Like, you're not surrounded by one person who's going to be like, nah. Nah, this ain't. Well, given who she married. Right. Given who she is as well, yeah. But, yeah, I think... The, the cringe aspect, and we did a, an episode about uh, dirt bags of rap very early on, and I think the cringe uh, aspect of this is here to stay. I think this idea of rappers, especially in that kind of like SoundCloud realm, who are connected to heinous crimes and mm-hmm. are somehow still allowed to move. Rap is that one industry where you can still be an unrepentant piece of shit right, and just right. kind of move Totally. Freely. Well, you, you, could, you can't really do that in other... Well, you can sort of self-mythologize, and no mm-hmm. one's going to no figure that out. Right. You know, now, at, this this, at this time. I don't right. know that that's going to last forever. I think there will be a day of reckoning. Right. We kind of talked about this on the, on the Mike Eagle episode, but... I think uh, another thing that came to mind for me when we were doing the interview is um, Sean uses the term SoundCloud rap, mm-hmm. and that already sounds old. Damn, like it was the 2010s like, are over, yeah, son. We've right. also been talking about end of right. decade kind of stuff, and we were talking off mic about how hard it is to research a decade and to remember what. I'm like, what, am I the person I was back then? So sure, like, sure. Do, do, is, does this music mean anything? You have to do right. a lot of re-listening and like checking in with right, yourself, and right. like not to get all emo about a list I haven't made yet, but <laughs> it's it's a weird process. Um, but anyway. SoundCloud rap is one of the defining features of this late period of mm-hmm. this decade. Mm-hmm. And I think because so many of, like, like uh, Little Peep died, right? right. He was going to be right. one of the main guys. Right. Uh, right. YNW Melly is, like, charged with murder. Right. Takashi is charged with whatever all the stuff he's charged right. with. Right. Kidnapping himself, I honestly don't even know at this point. Um, being a gang member, I guess, and right. racketeering or whatever. Right. Anyway, um, it never really got a chance to blow up. And also, like, SoundCloud itself as, like, a service and a engine for music discovery seems to be on the wane. So it's just yeah. weird how, like, him him using that phrase, I was like, damn, that was a minute ago, but it's now. Right, yeah, it's, right. it's, it's definitely current, and you're right. I think, I think that's going to crest, but it just it really speaks to how saturated the market is. I think SoundCloud is, mm-hmm. like, how there's a fucking seven ESPNs and shit. Like, we're right, at that right, age. We went right. from, like, four channels right. to 400 channels, still nothing the right. fuck is it, on. It, it's not another rapper. It's another click. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, and and so the the sheer volume of it is, which is why the 2010 list was giving me a fucking panic attack. <laughs> um, the sheer volume of stuff that has come out, I think, precipitates you're only going to get attention 
by something fantastic. It's not going to be, I mean, I don't mean fantastic in a good sense, but it's not going to be anything necessarily about your music itself because I don't give a fuck. There's 20 Takashis sure. on SoundCloud right totally, now. If, totally. if we if we look through right. it, who sound similar, right. who have a similar energy. To me, unfortunately, and I felt this way from the beginning, um, him being connected with the Instagram video of, of a 13-year-old girl, um, you know, essentially being raped. Right. Um, right. Is helped propel him. Right, right. I, it, that's kind of when I was like, what? Who right. are we talking well, about now? Well, because it's like anything is a springboard. Yes. Now, you know yes. what I mean? And anything's fine. Any sort of lore is fine. And people roll with it. Notoriety. Right. It's like right. it doesn't really matter what you're famous for. And right. this is, we, you know, not to get too ponderous here, but essentially, again, for the last 10 years, some of the defining characters are Kim and Kanye. And Kim is famously ha- has, has a great amount of notoriety for nothing. Right. And like, yeah. The sex, sex tape, tape was definitely, right. you know what's hilarious, and this is <laughs> off topic. Um, I don't know what you're talking about, Damone. Never seen <laughs> um, Well played. The. Um, now that Kanye has confirmed he's like a born again Christian, he doesn't want Kim to dress saw all sexy. That, saw that. Nice. This this his whole deal has gotten so crazy. I know. It's like you knew this was coming, but like, oh, he became like the kind of born again Christian that I grew up around, like the really right. annoying, like totally. proselytizing kind who doesn't want anyone else to have fun. Right. It's right. just like, bro, that's your wife's job. Right. 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 Totally. Like, yeah. Like, you want it to be a nun now? Like, right. Uh, and did he not know what he was getting into? I mean, come on. Totally. Come on, dude. It, the, uh, someone much smarter than me said on Twitter, I forget who it was. Sorry if you're listening. Um, he married his fantasy, mm. and now he wants her to, like, be the good wife. It's like, sorry, bro, that's not how it works. His, oh, his my God. Dark, well, twisted fantasy? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kanye. Um, I'm going to get depressed. So... <laughs> <laughs> so we we were I think really fortunate to be able to talk to Sean and and oh, he's totally. really sitting at a at an interesting place that I can't really think of where hip hop journalism and like real court reporting if you read his shit like this is real it's shit straight up court reporting yeah I, right. I do want to say and I brought it up briefly during the thing Jeff Weiss's work on the Draco case okay. in L A okay. and the yeah. Stink Team case in L A and yeah, like it, uh, that uh, that has crossed the line almost more into like activism. And like Jeff is like brilliant. He's he's a like, he's an advocate. He's for, an advocate yeah, for them. Yeah. And like he, he, there's a lot of good writing about that case, mm-hmm. and it it touches on this in some ways that are similar. But um, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, um, just um, Google Draco the Ruler and like Jeff Weiss or something like that. Right, and right, you right. can see there's a there's a ton happening there. Perhaps we'll do another episode when that situation resolves itself. But sure. I just want to say Jeff's heroic efforts to like. Um, follow that case closely and he meets with Draco and like knows all the lawyers and Mm -hmm. he's like impugning the criminal justice system in this way that's very inspiring so that should be credited as like a similar left coast version of it but this one is a little bit more fun because, like, we don't care about totally <laughs> right, yeah. right. Nor does right. nor does Sotero. It's, it's more like right. he's he's there in the way that somebody who was reporting on the OJ case right, is there. Right. He's just there. Right. Oh, you're just part of the circus. I and guess, and really. to hear him talk about how it was a new experience for him was cool because I wasn't sure if like is this in your background or yeah. Right. My yeah. understanding and Sean, if you're listening, I'm sorry if I'm botching your biographies. He kind of became a music journalist because he's like a smart dude who always kind of cared about it, but he's like in bands and 
like right. makes music. Totally. Like, right. He came at it from a somewhat left perspective, more mm-hmm. like the music nerd side than like the journalism guy who uh, happens to like music side. Gotcha. That's mm-hmm. my understanding. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's going to be like, no, I worked at Chippendales, you fucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I think it was dope that he, he, was, he wanted to come back on uh, because we did have him on before uh, to talk to us. For a long time, our best and most listened to episode. Absolutely. That's right. Episode. That's right. Absolutely. It has mysterious SoundCloud listenership numbers that we don't know are legitimate <laughs> or not. We got a strong fan base in Jakarta, bro. You don't know about <laughs> Or those. he does. Right. Right. Totally. right. Jansport Jakarta. We, we rock with y'all. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, we've, we've teased it enough. Without further ado, here is our interview with hip-hop journalist slash court reporter Sean Zotero. All right, Dad Bod Rap Pod. We are here through the benevolence of Needle to the Groove Records, which is our new uh, recording space. We're very grateful to be working with them. And we have another sponsor because we out here doing it. And now a word from our sponsor. <laughs> oh. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, you have to splice that in. But, <laughs> but we do. We, we actually do have a sponsor that we, we want to shout out. My media designer, uh, the homie and, and friend and, and longtime supporter of the podcast, Carl Foise, his design firm that specializes in people trying to tell happy stories, narratives about positivity, good vibes. Um, it's a boutique, boutique media full service um, where they're doing like websites, right? Websites, videos, uh, branding campaigns, social media. My Media Designer is a full service um, company where it's like whatever you need. Um, they focus a lot on working with small businesses. Right. And um, they, yeah, we just want to thank them. And like um, they want us to thank you for listening, which is like <laughs> yeah, a weird uh, way to phrase our first ad. But um, that's how down with the show they are. That's yep. how down with hip hop they are. Yep. That's uh, they kind of like saw something in us and wanted to help us very early reach the next level. Right, and they right. want you to like go out and live your best life, live to the fullest, um, just spread positivity wherever you go, which is actually kind of dope. And like, sure. I'm like a kind of misanthropic person who doesn't do that necessarily. Yeah. So it's, it's fun to hear you me, say it for me to be saying <laughs> this. But um, yeah, my media designer, holler at him for all of your media needs. Shout out to Carl. Dad by Rap. Dad bod, rap pod. We are not just podcasters. I like to think of us as not only fake radio personalities, but also <laughs> fake journalists. Um, <laughs> but we have a real journalist on the line, and we're going to talk uh, a little bit about a court case and, and how it intersects with uh, the rapidy rap world. On the line, we have Sean Sotero. How's it going? Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Good. Living it. Um, I. I know you just got married, so congratulations. Oh, right. Thank you. Thank you very much. I we appreciate it. Up. No, <laughs> kidding, kidding. And did that happen while you were involved in this insane Takashi 6ix9ine coverage? Uh, let me tell you about the week, that week. Uh, yeah. Please. So, so the trial starts on a Monday, right? Jury selection, whatever. Uh, 
Takashi testifies Tuesday, Wednesday, goes into Thursday, and there's no court on Friday. So that means if Takashi keeps testifying through Thursday and has to go for another day, that means that literally the day after my wedding, because I was getting married that Sunday, I would have to be back in court. (laughs) So, you know, mere hours afterwards. So it gets to be 3 p.m. on Thursday. He's still getting cross-examined. Gets to be 4 p.m. Just like, this is cutting it awful close. And I swear to you, they probably ended cross of Takashi at like 20 after four. It was, I was 40, 45 minutes from, having to go to work wow. the day after my wedding. So you were wow. one of many people who wanted him to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh man. Oh man. Well, we're we're glad we're glad things worked out uh with the your your wedding in the criminal justice system. Um, <laughs> Thank just you. to kind of our listeners may remember we had Sean on uh to talk about a great a piece of journalism that he did around the greatest producers um, of of every year um, since the mid ages. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, exactly, hottest, hottest producer of sixteen seventy three. Tough call. Tough call. Mozart had that fire. Son. Um, but but how do how do you? And then Nate was like, "Dude, Sean is like literally in the fucking court. Like how right. does how does that happen? Like what?" what yeah, enlighten us on how you got into that space. Woo! So, so the the short version is basically complex as an outlet, along with I think a lot of media did not know how to handle Takashi because mm-hmm. right as he got famous, stuff started bubbling up from several years prior. Like, was he a pedophile? Right. Was he a rapist? There was, right. a, you know, all of this allegations and rumors and stuff popping up um i'm happy at any point if you guys are curious to go into what the what the deal with that actually is but (laughs) but, we will get into that yeah we'll get into that but there were all these kind of uncomfortable things about him popping up Mm -hmm. right as his star was rising Mm. and you know this is unfortunately true with a lot of the kind of younger you know loosely speaking soundcloud rappers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know and we were trying to figure it out. And so I kind of in tandem with some folks came up with this idea of let's look at this guy around him, this Treyway guy who's always yelling in his videos. Who is this guy anyway? Mm. And it took I took uh, a few months to try and figure out who he was and stuff about him. And in the middle of all that, everyone got arrested. And so I just, <laughs> so I just started covering. Uh, I started covering the trial. It's oh, funny, okay. actually. The first, the first court hearing. Uh, you know, I didn't quite know how to look up where it was, so I got the right room, but the wrong day. So I sat through an entire hearing about like a guy who bought a bunch of stuff from Whole Foods that was like misleadingly labeled and he was suing about it. And you're like, damn it, Chance the Rapper, take your ass. (laughs) It's like, I don't think this is right, guys. This is not... Wow. I, yeah, it's a very different kind of racket Fake here. Cham- um, kombucha trial. Um, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I wonder so how it, it turned this, out. It's just an extension of your work with Complex, then you guys were kind of on the story already, and then it just kind of kicked into kind of OJ trial gear, and you're just there. 
Yeah, I was there and, you know, kind of was once I figured out, you know, where the courtroom was, I, I just <laughs> kept coming back, you okay. know, and, and writing stuff about it and, uh, you know, talking to people around him and trying to get a better sense of, you know, the whole arc of his life and his career uh, for for reasons that you may hear about soon that I, I can't really discuss. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> Okay. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, so there, but also for you know reasons of simply following the case and, and reporting on it. Sure. Um, yeah. So that's and and it has been. I've learned so much, and it has been, you know, and it, it, such a wild roller coaster. Uh, the thing about Takashi is like, just looking at the surface, if you look at any individual part of his story none of it makes any sense. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're like, wait, wait, he, his first show was in, I, I think it was actually in Russia. Like he toured, <laughs> you know, wow. he toured Eastern Europe and like blew up in Slovakia before anyone in New York cared who he was. What? Like, I don't think he did a New York show until he was, you know, basically post post gummo. Wow. Um, that's fascinating. He was out there with Hunter yeah. Biden, just <laughs> shit up. Like, what the fuck? You're on fire today. Guys. I know, man. Um, so, Sean, without I, I, let's skip to the end. Like, is he yes. gonna be able to put out a song and have a career? Like, the word on the Post street snitching. is right. that he wants to do music again. He's not going in witness protection. Like, what do you think is gonna happen? So. Let's let's take a look at kind of what we know and then and then what is speculated, sure. right? Okay. What what we know is, you know, December 18th, he gets sentenced. And a lot of people smarter than me and more experienced in the law than me have said that it would not be surprising for him to get time served, which means essentially, right. mm. you know, right. the year and change he'll have spent in prison by then will be it. And he'll have, you know, some term of supervised release and, and be, you know, basically free to go. Mm. There's no guarantee that's going to happen. Right. Uh, this judge, you know, has been sentencing people to significant prison terms in the case, but those people have not been cooperating witnesses. Mm -hmm. um so you know we'll see okay. uh but yeah. it is at least a strong possibility that he could end up you know that he could be free this year mm -hmm. um, i feel like you would understand this much better than we would would living in new york and being closer to the hip-hop industry etc do you feel like his life would be in danger sure yeah okay. I, I think <laughs> he i think he he feels like his life would be in danger okay. um you know, I absolutely uh, I I don't want to speculate how much uh, sure. a lot of the leaders of the, you know, the faction of the gang he was involved in, the, the lineup or whatever the sort of terminology is. A lot of them are now incarcerated. Mm -hmm. uh, but those people also have folks they know who Friends probably aren't very pleased about right. it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, right. Wow. You wow. know. The, 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 you know, to a lot of people, the argument like, well, how important was his testimony really in putting these people behind bars? There was a lot of other evidence, too, that's right. splitting hairs that, 
you know, right. people might not want to do, right? Well, Sean, as, um, as someone who is is sitting there, is there, is there a separation between Takashi and Daniel Hernandez? Like, I know he's wearing a suit and everything, but, like, how does he strike you when you're sitting there, you know, 20 feet away from him? Uh, he's not wearing a suit, actually. No. He's in uh, he's in a jumpsuit. Oh, oh okay. gotcha, gotcha, um, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, he's still in, you know, he's still in prison, and because he's not on trial, he doesn't get the, the you know, suit and tie clothes that the, that the defendants <laughs> did. Um, Interesting. I think one thing you can say about him is is he is a very he's a very complicated person. Mm. You know, if you talk to people who knew him, so many of them will say he's not anything like this persona. He's quiet and kind and respectful. Right. And, you know, then but then there's this other side that he plays up. You know, certainly sure. plenty of people around him will say that. That is mm. that is definitely true. Uh, I have absolutely seen him, I assume consciously, uh, try really win over the judge. Oh, wow. You know, by by acting attentive and listening and being respectful in court. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's is that. You know, is that calculated or is that out of fear? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff about this that's a that's a mystery. Uh, Um, How much would you say this trial is about hip hop? And I want to if you can, if you followed it at all, kind of refract it through the lens of what's happening with Draco, the ruler and the stink team in L.A. And like the just the use of lyrics and stuff. And I I didn't (laughs) follow the trial as closely as you did. So I would love if you could just enlighten us. Was that happening here as well? Sure. Uh, they did play songs and videos in the courtroom, but it was different than is used in a lot of cases. Mm. In this case, it was Takashi specifically talking about his own songs and his own videos, uh, saying, when I wrote this, I was demonstrating X or Y about gang dynamics or, you know, whatever. Um I'm like a you nice so middle it, class person who, generally speaking, respects the police. And even I'm sitting here shaking my head. Like, <laughs> I just can't believe people would do that. That's crazy to me. But please continue. Yeah. I mean, so, so you know, using rap lyrics in a criminal trial certainly raises my hackles. It makes me nervous. And oh, I, yeah. I would go so far as to say almost all of the time it's a terrible idea. Right. And Absolutely. something done by authorities to show, you know. To, to try to uh, demonstrate without evidence that people are bad. I think you mm-hmm. can see some right. of that. You know, Melly, whatever he may or may not have done in terms of murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, murder in my mind was written well before this happened. Right. And there have been various legal incidents, you know, legal attempts to try to tie that song to his case. Right. Right. So that kind of thing can be very dangerous. This is different. This is the artist actually saying you know, hey, you guys want to know about the, you know, the dynamics of the gang and I want to tell you so that I can be cooperative, Holy you know, shit. here's here's one way I demonstrated that, you know, in my in my lyrics and then in my videos, mm-hmm. you know. Th- thus making it seem like lyrics and videos should be admissible and should be used to prove crimes later. <laughs> right. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying there are no bad after effects. Of no, this, no, that's just right? crazy to me. That's like kind of sinking in for but, me for the first time. Yeah, but that's that's how uh, songs and videos were used in court. One side note of that, interestingly, is that not very much of the song was allowed. 
because the judge thought the lyrics were so misogynistic that they would turn off the jury. Nice. So he only allowed like a couple seconds of each of the songs. Nice. Just the intro. He's like, ah, right. try away. All right, turn it off. That's enough of you. I mean, Takashi. really, honestly, not not far from that, honestly. You know, like he really was very concerned. And he was mad that the prosecution tried to, the government tried to play the whole song. He was basically like, you guys should have known that Wow. This stuff would turn off nice, innocent, right-thinking people with all this stuff about the bitches, you know? Like, <laughs> really, like... Sean, please. <laughs> um, so, wow. yeah, I mean, that that was, you know, just a, a, a tangent, but but kind of an interesting, that totally a, a interesting. different interesting thing about how, how I, I songs were used. I want to say something, and you can. I just wanted you to tell me if it's true or false. And this is kind of my mm-hmm. basic understanding of it, and if this leads into territory you don't want to talk about, I understand. But I want to say this. He pretended to be a rapper, and then he pretended to be a gang member. And one thing worked out really well for him in the short term and then the other had disastrous effects in the long term is that fair to say um i would say that it's it's complicated i mean he was very much in his telling he was at a certain point actually made a legitimate member of nine tray you know he didn't have to he didn't have to be jumped in he didn't have to go through a standard initiation but in his telling, at a certain point, the members started actually referring to him, you know, as if he was an actual member. Gotcha. So and that's not were... pretending. That's really being it. Yeah. Yeah, that's really okay, being it. Fair and enough. and you know, he he and other gang members, you know, committed many violent acts, often against his rivals. Mm-hmm. You know, was was that at his direction? I think that's complicated and. You know, maybe a, a little much too much to get into right now, but certainly, uh, you know, largely directed against his rivals, the the wow. Trippy Reds and Chief Keefs and and, uh, you know, Crazy. people, J people on J Prince's label and, and all of that kind of stuff in fucking sane. Um, so can we go back to the pedophile stuff? I just don't want to, like, leave without having talked to the expert about the like what I consider to be the first reason he should have been canceled. Totally. Or not allowed <laughs> right, to, like, right. have a career in right. hip hop. Like you, right. you said you, you could give us a little more. Like, what do you think happened? And like, where where does all that stand? Sure. Uh, I mean, Rich Jezwiak from Jezebel, I've got to shout him out because he did the best reporting on that case. And you can find, you know, the, the definitive article he did on Jezebel. I'd recommend all your listeners okay. uh, check, check it out. And that gives a really good rundown of everything. Uh, I mean, what happened was he was at the studio. Some dudes he didn't really know said, come on uptown and party with us. Um, we're going to get some girls. And they called a girl and uh, the girl came over and to uh, at le- probably two, maybe more of the men there um, had sex with her. Takashi, you know, is photographed touching her and hugging her while she's wearing only a bra. He like made sort of boastful videos, including of the men having sex with her and stuff. And the girl's mother and, and shared those videos on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and the girl's mother saw those videos. The girl was 13. Oh, now, Takashi has told different stories about this. Uh, in his police statement at the time, I believe, you can 
double check me on this, but one version of the story is the girl asked him how old he was. And he said he was 18 and she did not say her age in a different version of the story. Uh, he claims she said she was 18 or 19, I think maybe. Um, he was 18 at the time this happened. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's, wow. you know, that yeah. is sort of the, the short version that Yikes. he was, you know, an en- enthusiastic cheerer on of, and, you know, shared videos of the rape of a teenager. Uh, and again, did he know she was 13? Like, I, I don't know. I wasn't in the room. His initial statement afterwards indicates that he didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, that's the law that doesn't really, yeah. that's not how the law works, doesn't matter. you know? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy, Whoa. Crazy, crazy. Whoa. Um, and, and so, so that, so that what, was kind of the, the, what makes me kind of un, really uneasy about it is I kind of feel like that was the spark for him. I feel like it was a huge kind of PR boost mm-hmm. with him coming in and the whole controversy around Gummo being like, can we applaud uh, somebody who is maybe a, a pedophile um, and di- within like, I think in- let's, let's just, just, just to be clear. Cause that's a very loaded word. There's, there's no evidence that he's a pedophile like there or, and as far as I know, he did not have intercourse with Fair the enough. girl, Fair enough. you know? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very, Perhaps a those are, those are, those are loaded right. words. I right. just don't want to <laughs> no, no, be, we, be in the, in the universe of them. Totally. Um, we respect that. Yeah. Yeah, you're a legit but, court but, reporter now. Like, but, he's but, like uh, actually, legally, he's just a creep. He's not <laughs> by, yeah, no. It's, but I mean, look, these these are the kinds of things people were talking about, as you remember, when he was mm-hmm, famous. And mm-hmm, like, right. there there wasn't really reporting on this until yeah. he hit the Billboard charts. I think that's kind of when right. Rich sort of jumped in, was that the, the spring of, of uh, 2018 was like, you know, late winter early spring 2018 when he first started making the billboard charts um before that it was like people throwing around rumors people throwing around insults people who already didn't like him characterizing the situation in different ways right um yeah and so yeah so no one at least initially really knew what to make of it and yeah he, he it's interesting because People in his camp, at least some of them, I think, viewed it not entirely negatively. They viewed it as an obstacle to overcome. Oh, okay, okay. You know, every you know, artists have to, you know, a part of their story has to be they overcome came an obstacle, and he overcame this slander and this bad stuff people were saying about him to rise to the top. That's a great narrative. Right, right, and then rolled on everybody so so and i want to make sure we touch on this but before we close is in hip-hop which kind of has these overlaps with street culture um there has been in the past these really hard and fast rules about snitching right i remember kind of in the 50 cent era there was like this whole stop stop snitching um movement Mm -hmm. and there's there's actually consternation within communities sometimes about well, sometimes we do need to snitch on people if they're hurting the community, X, Y, Z. 
but I mean, let's 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 you know just just to bring it back for a second. Mm-hmm. I think people mean different things when they say the word snitching, okay. right? There are there are some people who take it to mean, you know, uh, Nate, if you and I do a crime uh, and mm-hmm. I get caught, it is <laughs> snitching for me to say Nate did it. It was his idea, right? Right. That that is sort of the most basic. I think definition of snitching, there are the, the Camerons of the world who will take it to its largest extreme, which is if you tell the police about anything, whether you were involved right, or not, right, right. Uh, no matter who did it, that is snitching. Kind of a witness so I think, participant binary, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. And so it's, yeah, so I think it's it's worth just kind of keeping okay. that in mind okay. because people you can use that word to mean both things. And, and so what's, really interesting about this case for me anyway is this idea of Takashi has been pushing boundaries and now he's pushing the boundary of willingly and publicly working with the police which Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure rappers have done behind the scenes before but I can't recall anyone coming out publicly and being like yeah this is what happened and I was involved and here are other people are involved I'd like a lighter sentence and then to kind of say that also not going into witness protection I'm coming Mm -hmm. back out and so I wonder, do you do you feel like he can have a viable career um, after this? Is this the stigma going to affect him? This is a big question. This is what I've been asking everyone. And, you know, people have, have different takes on this. I think for one thing, we should we should make clear that the like, I'm not going into witness protection. I'm going to go out and make songs. All of that is, you know, via anonymous sources okay. leaking okay. to TMZ. Okay. Right. There's no. Uh, he's not on there's record. no direct you're right he's not on record yet yeah. I mean he's still he's still in prison like as far as I know he hasn't commented directly on on anything about his that's plans. interesting we take it for fact because we saw like a you know blog post or a it, Twitter it was post. on Twitter yeah. right <laughs> how was that not his real friends? right um, right but let's I mean, let's I'm assume not, that not, that he I'm tries. I'm not saying that. that's something he didn't think at a time right. you know but I, I don't know about you know I don't true. know he, he yeah he has not made his ultimate plans assuming he has little to no prison time he has not made his plans clear yet i i don't know man i think <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll i'll say this i'll say this i i think about when he was in court he he said you know there was this time right before gummo when i sat down with my best friend and i said are we going to keep making music that's going to get us to be cult heroes in europe or are we going to do something everybody's going to love? Mm. And that led him to go. Mm. Um, I think maybe he can have a viable career if it's possible by flipping back in the other direction and, you know, making this sort of like more rap, more like rock influence stuff that he was doing like 2014, 2015, 2016. Okay. And, you know, being the, the toast of Slovakia again, oh, you know, it's not it's not, uh, you know, it's not going to get you three hundred thousand worth dollars worth of jewelry and and, you know, a, a eight figure record contract. But maybe that's viable. I, you know, I think that 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 audience may care less about the, mm, you know, right. U.S. centric codes of of snitching right. I, I could be wrong That's you know maybe 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 they take it very seriously but 
The rap so woman Polanski is coming. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's wild. Right. That's that's perhaps one way of of you know of him continuing to have a career. I just don't know if that's the scale he wants. Right. He wasn't right. happy with it the first time. Right. Right. Um, I think the so. face tattoo thing just is such an interesting, <laughs> like anyone could say, like, look at this guy. How's he going to go into witness protection? And mm-hmm. was it was it you you uh, contributed to? But one of your colleagues ended up interviewing that gentleman from the Mexican mafia about what. Yeah, um, I, I, I that was I, so I helped, interesting. I, I loved a little that bit piece. with yeah. that tangentially. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was super interesting. I mean, yeah, I mean. Witness protection, I think, is pretty different than a lot of people might imagine. Right. Um, and, you know, but the way it works is and the only way it works is if you actually stay out of contact and actually lay low. I don't know. if I don't know if Daniel Hernandez can do that. Yeah. You know, he, he seems to be addicted to, among other things, attention. Right. Sure. And and I just think that's the opposite of the mentality that you need. And obviously, I'm many, many thousands of miles away from this and mostly know about it from reading your amazing reporting. But I just don't I just I just can't see that happening. I just can't see him without a phone or an Internet connection or like, why would you have rainbow hair and a 20 face tattoos if you didn't want people to look at you? You know what I mean? Right. And he's obviously had the- a transformative experience here and we'll see what happens. It's fascinating. Yeah, I, I, I will tell you that. I, in some ways, I don't think he's changed. And I, I'd like to guess kind of, you know, if we're, if we're winding down, leave you with this, like on the witness stand, right? He's on the witness stand in a, in a, in a federal racketeering trial, mm-hmm. you know, as one job to sort of tell, you know, what happened. And I'm sure he's been coached within an inch of his life, you know, in the hours and hours of meetings, you know, and in the early on, you know, the the ADA mentions rap a lot to him and they say, well, you know, what is rap a lot? And you would think that he would just say, oh, you know, it's a record label in Texas or it's this thing in Texas. There's this guy, Jay Prince. I right. never liked him. And, you know, keep it moving. And then, you know, explain the, the beef. He could not let uh, he could not let pass the chance to take a dig at Jay Prince. Oh, wow. When they wow. when they asked what Rapalot was, he said, "Oh, it's a wannabe mafia kind of thing." Wow! Wow! <laughs> like he just even in the most extreme Man. situation, what he could fuck. not turn it off. He That's could a not troll. Turn off the troll, right. Yeah. Right. Dude. yeah. Oh man! And isn't Jay Prince the last person you want to fight? I with? know, isn't I know. Everyone know that. <laughs> Look, I would like to tell tell uh, uh, Mr. Prince and his family. I was just quoting. I don't yeah. know <laughs> any statements. Do not attribute this to uh, Sean. Yeah. Oh my I've, goodness. I've, I've gotten you guys a lot of money listening to that Odd Squad album on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, before yeah. we go, can we talk about the Dire Straits thing? Oh, yes, please. Oh, my God. Tell, tell your story, please. This was amazing yeah, to yeah. us. We were talking about All it right. off mic right before we called you. Amazing. So <laughs> so there was a hearing uh, right after, you know, all these federal charges came down for R. Kelly a few months back. There was a hearing in Brooklyn. And he was actually there and it was basically, you know, them saying, uh, you know, should he get out on bail? Uh, The judge eventually said, hell no. Uh, So after that, there was a press conference outside 
Gloria Allred gets up, she speaks, you know, and then Kelly's lawyers get up. And these guys are just, they're, they're both just pieces of work. <laughs> um, really. And, and one of them gets up and he starts talking about like, oh, you know, this is all groupies and they're all groupies and they had groupie remorse when, you know, TV come, came around and said, hey, you know, that great groupie experience you had, well, we maybe it hurt you. <laughs> and yeah, right. And then like, you know, you had groupie remorse and he was just like the worst sort of stuff. And, uh, and he was talking about like, oh, you know, all the hits. he was just, you know, being a rock star or whatever. And then he says, you know, he turns to a guy in the, in the crowd there who looks a little older, like gray haired guy. And he says, you look like you remember. He says, uh, you know, <laughs> what was men at works, you know, first big hit. And the guy is just kind of like, looks puzzled for a second. <laughs> And he was like, where, what are you like, where are you going with this? Like, what? He's like, I don't know what it, and the guy, the guy's like so suave and so impressed with himself. He's like money for nothing and, and your chicks for free. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and honest to God. And, and I videotaped this. There's, there's proof of it. Right, right. Mm -hmm. I could not resist <laughs> out of my mouth. It, I was like, had was watching myself from a distance out of my mouth comes out. That's dire straits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Awesome, man. That's why we need a music nerd on every court case. Right. Oh, man. Yeah. That's so tight, Such dude. good video. Yeah. I'm like, this is the type of reporting that we need. <laughs> Fact-checking in real time. Oh, my God. Um, man, it's been quite a... Well, shit, you got married. You're on the trial of the century. Uh, you yeah. got in a, a dire straight shout. Um, is yeah. there any other um, kind of projects that are coming up that, that you want our listeners to know about? Yeah, I would say uh, keep your eyes peeled to complex.com tomorrow because I have a little something coming out about this whole Rolling Loud NYPD situation. Oh, cool, okay. cool. And, That's you cool. know, not not just what happened, but there's there's maybe some aftermaths mm. and effects happening uh, of it that, that you know, I, I think bode not that well for for some of the artists involved so oh, wow. so that should be is this that a new be... beat yeah <laughs> <laughs> scoops a tarot I mean... <laughs> in here <laughs> we'll, wow. we'll see we'll see uh so that and then uh uh jamel jones aka mel matrix of bird gang aka uh mel murder of the takashi case gets sentenced on thursday so oh, i will be there for that whoa wow Okay, well, we yeah. really we really appreciate you coming on and, and checking in with us about your great reporting. Everybody, please check out Sean's work on, on Complex. Um, you're one of a handful of people to have been on this show twice. <laughs> wow, uh, I, am, I am honored, guys. Yeah. Thank you so, so we, much. We, we really appreciate you making the time, man. Thank you. Of course. Talk to you guys later. Later, Sean. Appreciate it. Take care.